Well, good evening, Kairos. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us for the last Kairos of the year. My name is Lindsay Jacoby, and I would love to continue, as is our habit, would love to continue in worship by the reading of God's word. Our text tonight is going to be from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And so as you find your way there, I would love to go to the Lord in prayer together. Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear, whether for the first time or for the 100th time. Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? And together we say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. We pick up in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, and I'll begin reading in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, be to God. thanks Jack. I'll say bless the Lord if you'll say, oh my soul, bless the Lord. Oh, bless his holy name. Good evening, Kairos. Thanks for braving the cold weather tonight. Is there snow on the ground? Of course not. <laughs> Come on. just want a day off. It'd be awesome. But it's good. It's the last Kairos of December, so I'm glad that you're here. We've got a party afterwards. We'll make some space uh, for us to eat cookies, decorate cookies, and hang out uh, and stay warm just a little bit longer. Um, and to that end, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Advent. Uh, if you're not familiar with that terminology, Advent is a Latin word which means coming. And in the church calendar during the month of December, we want to remember the first coming of Christ. And we also look for and long for the second coming of Christ. Christmas reminds us that God is full of surprises. Christmas reminds us that we can expect the unexpected when God is at work. Just like last week when I got an unexpected phone call from the principal of the elementary school where two of my children attend because one of my children broke the rules of bullying. 
Now, I won't tell you which child it is, but Maggie's our strong child. She was uh, third born. <laughs> I mean, she who must not be named. Um, she's an Enneagram 8. She's a snowplow. She's a D. She is a leader. It is undisputed. Some people, like myself, have called her bossy, okay? To which one time I told her, Maggie, stop being so bossy. And she looked at me and said, Dad, I'm not bossy. I just know what people should be doing. I'll give you that. Okay, fair enough. It's great. I always wondered what my wife was like as a child, and now I get to experience it. It's incredible. But what was not incredible is taking that phone call and realizing she had broken a rule, um, and we bring her in, and it's, that's, that's way out of character for her. And so the full story unfolds. She's sitting with one of her friends in the cafeteria waiting for the school bus to arrive to take them home. Across the aisle is a young man who Maggie sees has a hydro flask next to him, which for those of you who don't know is real shishi fanfan for water bottle, okay? (laughs) And Maggie says, hey, I see you got a hydro flask. And he says, yeah, do you guys have one? And Maggie says no, and her friend says no, and he says, yeah, that's because you're poor. Maggie's friend begins to cry, and I can tell you that Maggie does not cry. (laughs) And I am not at liberty to tell you exactly what she said to this boy, other than it broke his fragile feelings. (laughs) And she got reported for bullying. to which her mother and I praised her (laughs) for her unrighteous actions because part of her spiritual DNA will be to to be a voice for those who have no voice. And we were appreciative that Maggie broke the rules for someone who is broken by the rules. That when confronted with the rules of there are have and have nots and there are certain things that only certain people have and they will never share or give them away, but it will be a markation of who is far away and who is near, you may break the rules for those broken by the rules. And to some extent, that's a little bit what's happening in our text. God is breaking the rules of polite and proper society by announcing the birth of his majestic royal, sinless son, not in the royal courts, not taking a full page ad out in the Bethlehem Times, not changing Google's homepage, but he's going straight to the shepherds in the field who are keeping watch of their flocks by night. Now, this, for our ears, sometimes we may not fully appreciate this, but shepherds were outsiders. They were outcasts. In polite society, you wouldn't rub shoulders with them. They were migrant workers. They probably had a big conversion van they all piled into with a broken catalytic converter, okay? They were probably smelly, probably had foul language, probably had long rap sheets. During this time, their testimony was not valid in a court of law because they were just shady and they moved around. It was tough to find work. And not only do they stick to the outside of society, they're literally sticking to the outside of the city. So Jesus, on his way to earth, his father decides to send angels to announce the birth to smelly little shepherds. Because Jesus has no problem breaking the rules for those broken by the rules. And it's amazing because we should be, 
aware that this is God at his old tricks. Even though we expect the unexpected, we should expect God to do the unexpected. He loves going after the last, the least, and the lost. And he wants to make them first, found, and full of favor. He's gonna announce the birth of his son to a bunch of shepherds, and he's breaking rules left and right. First of all, in the birth of uh, Jesus, he breaks the rules of nature by allowing a teenage virgin to get pregnant with the very sinless son of God. Then he's gonna break the rules of polite society by announcing it through the shepherds. They're going to receive the good news with great joy. They're gonna hurry off to see this curiosity. And then what are they gonna do? They're gonna get a case of the can't help it. And they're gonna run into the city and tell everyone everything that they've seen. He's breaking the rules of law because Joseph had a right to divorce and put his wife away until God appeared to him and said, "Uh uh-uh, you're not doing that. And so he's marrying Mary and adopting God's son as his own. And he breaks the rules of religion. Deuteronomy chapter 18, you don't look to the heavens for divine signs or sources, and yet God is using a star to bring the far away men from the east to discover the sinless son of God. Why? Because God has no problems breaking the rules for those broken by the rules. And what better way to announce the birth of the Messiah and the Savior, who will be the good shepherd, than to shepherds, right? He's going to be our good shepherd. He's going to be the one who leaves the 99 and goes after the one, the one who is broken, wounded, and unable to save themselves. And when he finds them, he does not condemn them. He does not shame them. He doesn't say, what are you doing here? Get up on your feet and walk home. No, what does he do? He puts the lamb over his shoulders and carries it home and begins to mend and heal so it can be a part of his flock. He is our good shepherd. We shall not want. He can make us lie down in green pastures. He can lead us beside quiet waters. He can restore our soul. He can lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even when we walk through the valley of deep, deep darkness, we don't have to fear any evil, for he is with us. His rod and his staff, they'll comfort us. He'll prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He'll anoint our heads with oil. Our cup will overflow. And surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus is going to become the good shepherd, but he's also going to continue to break rules for those broken by the rules. It's a habit he got from his father, and he's going to continue on to his earthly ministry. Most of the religious institution's problem with Jesus was him breaking all these rules. He comes up, it's Sabbath. Hey, Jesus, you're not supposed to work. Boom, I'm gonna heal a guy crippled from birth. Now, granted, these are not God's rules he's breaking. He's breaking the rules of polite society and polluted religion that are missing the point they're trying to protect in the first place. He breaks the rules of any good rabbi should preach a long sermon. His first sermon that he preaches, he gets up, reads the scroll, uh, or before he sits down, just says a one-sentence sermon. This has been fulfilled in your midst. You're welcome. Pass the plates. It was incredible, right? Breaking rules left and right. He goes straight to Samaria. No Jews go to Samaria. Once he gets to Samaria, he talks to a woman in public. Rabbis don't talk to women in public. And he reveals to her that he is the living water and offers it to her. And she becomes the first recorded evangelist in the Gospel of John. Why? Because she went and told the village, come see the man who told me everything I ever did. He broke the rules because I've been broken by the rules. And here he comes. He'll continue to break the rules. He's trying to start a political and religious revolution called the kingdom of God. Instead of taking up arms, he's laying down his life. 
expect the unexpected when God is at work. And understand that Jesus has no problems breaking the rules for those who are broken by the rules. I'll tell you one rule that Joseph broke in here that he shouldn't have, and that is never travel with a pregnant woman in her third trimester. <laughs> Everybody knows that one, okay? Road trips with pregnant women, you don't do them, all right? She's like nine months pregnant, three-day donkey trip into the town of Bethlehem for a census that had lines that would make the DMV blush. I know this from personal experience. Uh, when Audrey was pregnant with our first child, Simon, uh, she was nauseous and sick a lot. We like to say it's because the baby's gonna be so beautiful, but it may just be because she was sick. But anyway, you be the judge when you see Simon. So, So at the time, she's pregnant. She's working full-time for Sanford University as an admissions counselor, going on all these recruitment trips. She's sick as a dog, throwing up everywhere. Um, I'm transitioning jobs. <laughs> uh, and so we, we're in the process of selling our house, selling our cars, cashing out uh, whatever we had in savings to go do life and ministry with some friends in South Carolina. I decided to make her feel as safe and secure as possible when she was having our first child. Mission accomplished. So she's nauseous all the time. At the time we had an insurance plan, it's 80-20. Do you know what that is? We had the reverse of 80-20. They would pay 20%. They would make us pay 80%. And any prescription drugs, feel free to cover them yourself. So there's a pill called Zofran, okay? You guys, have you heard of that? Not Zoltar, he's from Big, okay? Zofran. It's like this miracle drug for when you're really, really nauseous and sick. Well, we go to buy it, it's $50 a pill. And so I slapped down $200 and I'm like, Audrey, you, you gotta make sure you use those four. Like, I, I need to know, are you $50 sick right now? <laughs> Which again, it's probably not a good question to ask your wife. But that was for when she was on the road, she was at work and it was just, it was gonna be embarrassing if she got sick, go ahead, take that, settle it down for a little bit. So we have been traveled all the way to South Carolina. She's prego, we're coming back and she's been doing great until all of a sudden she goes, hey, I'm not feeling well. And I said, are you not $50 feeling well? And she's like, Chris, we've got a couple more hours in the car. I don't think I'm gonna make it. Um, go ahead and give me one of those Zofran. So I said, great, here you go. Not two minutes later, she begins up chucking straight into the wheel well. Like vomit, vomit, vomit. She's like, Chris, pull over. I'm four lanes, no turn signal, as safe as I possibly can be. Gas it into the gas station. She goes out. She's really embarrassed. Now, I had a rule up until that point in my life um, I'm not cleaning up your throw up, okay? I'm a sympathetic vomiter. I, I can do a lot of things, but that's, that's really, really difficult. It was time for me to break that rule. I realized that as she ran crying into the the restroom to clean up and I'm looking at my wife, beloved wife's and who I'm well pleased vomit uh, on there. <laughs> and I, I'm starting to gag a little bit and try and come up with a plan. And the, women have estrogen so they can do things for children that are supernatural. I don't have it. And so <laughs> I look over and I see one of those 50 cent vacuum cleaners. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. Cause I'm an innovator people. I took that little skinny thing off the top so it was straight hose. And <laughs> As I'm going down, guess what I spot in the vomit? Zofran pill, 
50 bones. I'm like, watch this. <laughs> Bing! Daddy's on a budget. Dave Ramsey's proud. <laughs> I put it in a napkin, put it in the cup holder. Audrey comes out. I've got my chest out like I've just saved the world because I've cleaned up her throw up. She's like, I'm so sorry. It's, I said, it's okay, babe. I got you. Hey, did you want that Zofran pill again? <laughs> Things you don't ask your wife after she's vomited up a Zofran pill. You just go ahead and eat the 50 bucks. I don't know if Mary got that sick on the way there, but I'll bet you this. I bet she's starting to get sick of surprises. Expect the unexpected. Most of us, when we're following Jesus, we can handle one or two, but we just really want to expect the expected, don't we? But when Jesus is around, he's going to disrupt and he's going to interrupt, and we've got to trust that whether our comfort or our convenience is sacrificed, something's going to happen for our good. And are we going to be able to receive that good news with great joy in that moment? Because here's the deal, that she's sitting there, she's gone, how much has she gone through to get to this point, finally to be in a stable because there's no room for him. Perhaps it was the only sign of dignity and respect. I don't know if she said prayers like this, like God, you are sovereign over the foundations of the universe, but couldn't you have planned for us to have a place to stay tonight? She's in a barn, she lays the son of God in a feeding trough, there's animals around, there's no hospital there's no flowers, there's no doula. It's just her and Joseph with cumbersome carpenter hands fumbling around with a newborn baby. And all of a sudden, eight shepherds come creeping up on in and go, let me get a look at that baby, right? <laughs> Do you think at this point, Mary's sick of surprises? Do you think she just wants to be able to expect the expected? You think she just wants to get back to what could possibly be normal? But it's not that way when we're following Jesus, is it? I imagine as soon as they start to say, I know we feel so unworthy to be here, but an angel came to us. And I wonder if Mary said, don't go any further. I know that story because it's my story. Come see, draw near. For those of us who are far away because of Jesus can draw near. And I wonder for us in this room tonight, how many of us believe that if God used those shepherds in that field, the last, the least, and the lost, the outcasts, the looked over, can he use you and me this holiday season? Can he do something unexpected? Can we expect the unexpected? Or are we too busy climbing our own ladders, our ladders of popularity, profitability, and power? because that's what society values. And you and I sometimes can't stop climbing that long enough to figure out where God is at work. But maybe, just maybe, if we stop climbing long enough, we will see that he is Emmanuel, God with us. Maybe God will use us if we can get down off our ladders long enough to realize the reason we're climbing it in the first place is to get away from the very people that God has called us to love and serve. Maybe if we realize our ladders are broken in the first place and they're pointed in the wrong direction because we're climbing up. And what I see in this text is a God who climbs down from heaven and to earth so that those who are far away can come near. And then what would it look like if in the next couple of weeks, every time we're tempted to climb our ladders to prove ourselves, 
can be profitable, powerful, can be popular. What if instead of climbing our ladders, we laid them down the same way Jesus laid down his life and his rights for us? I think something remarkable might happen. You put enough of those ladders together and they're gonna form the train tracks for which the glory and the goodness of the gospel is then fast-tracked for people far and wide to come near. To see a Jesus who breaks the rules for those broken by the rules. Amen? So we'd like to preach the Bible clearly and then give you some soul space to respond. We want you to practice what we call listening prayer and perhaps ask you a couple questions. The two questions that we want to ask you is, what is God saying to you and what do you need to do about it? He came here tonight. What did you need to hear? What was sung? What was said from scripture? What was talked about on this stage that had your name on it? Just like a blinking neon sign that went, yes, that's the third time I've heard that. Or wow, that just went kerplunk in my soul. And as you're beginning to pray and process that, I'll just ask you this. Is there any rule that you've made for yourself over the next couple of weeks that perhaps you need to break so that you can minister to someone who's broken? And these are just how we've always done things. Now, maybe we need to change that up a little bit. Jesus broke the rules by rearranging the furniture in the temple and the order of service. Maybe there's some things that we need to break in order to be available for those who are broken. And then for those of you who can't rest and can't stop, and you can't turn your brain off long enough, and even in your sleep, you're climbing the ladder, trying to find power, profitability, or popularity, what would it look for you to stop climbing that ladder long enough to lay it down? to be able to receive the good news with great joy and have your eyes open to those who are far away who desperately want to come near. Let's listen together.